Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us. Hi there, Mike Shope with Adam Krautwurst for the deep end tonight, April 11th, 2023. I'll tell you, I'll give you what's the deep end when you can't imagine anyone in the world having more Chagosiem Okonkwo shares than you. I mean, I feel like I might be at the uh, the new world record for that. We're about to possibly add one more. Playing with a partner in one draft where we're up, I want to show you that board and talk about like the challenges and the benefits to having a partner in a fantasy draft. Learned a few things and could learn a few more on that one. We'll talk a lot about quarterbacks tonight. Kind of run down the list. Where is the value? And is it true that as a high volume player, high stakes player, somebody you consider, maybe you consider yourself pretty knowledgeable at this. Are we drafting? Do we feel like we need to be drafting quarterbacks earlier? Talk a little bit about the NFL draft, of course, as well, with it being just over two weeks away. Here come the Sharks, Mike and Adam in the deep end. Welcome. You are draft guy, but yes. you have partners sometimes, right? I mean, there's, there's a lot of money flying around. Sometimes you like to have somebody who can share the cost with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you're doing it, plus it's fun. You know, when you're doing high stakes stuff, that's always fun to get um, to get some more input for sure. Uh, like you said, to cut, cut some of the cost down. I remember um, it's fun when you do these. You know, we'll do some main events and stuff as it gets closer to the season. And it's always like, hey, is it still high stakes if four guys are splitting a $1,500 entry? But, uh, yeah, when you're doing 10 of them, absolutely. You know, so and we'll get our, our fair share of high stakes stuff, the 3Ks, the 5Ks, all that stuff. But, yeah, of course, it's fun to um, to do that with partners. In fact, I, I, I had one of my more successful drafts ever when I was um, came in top five in the main event two or three, three years ago when the FFPC main event top five finish with a, with a partner. So um, yeah, you know, if you can surround yourself with people that you trust people that, you know, have challenge you uh, to dig a little deeper and to think a little different, you know, it can, it can certainly help. It feels good to split the cost and maybe less good to split the winnings uh, at the other end of it. Right. If you do well, like, Oh, I won $7,000. Wait, actually, no, I won uh, half of that and then taxes, and it's a very different thrill. Feels good to win, but, you know, it goes both ways. You know, you mentioned the main event. Our friends who have, and it's just going to sound crazy to anybody who doesn't know this, but the same guys won the main event, the FFPC, each of the last two years, and they're friends of ours. They live in Buffalo. I live north of Buffalo, Adams in, in Rochester. And so we know, and I'm sure I speak for you when I say we respect those guys and their game very much and I, I think in conversations we've had I think maybe each of them Adam has said that they like that they are three 
because there's always a tiebreaker. In fact, the first year when they won, they I think if I remember right, they did four teams. Nick is often watching, so he might tell us. They did four teams where each guy was sort of in the cap the captain's seat in one. And then on the fourth one, they just figured it out maybe two to one carried, you know, like that. So how do you handle it? And I want to answer this for myself when you're done, when it's just you and someone else and it's clear you're on a different page with them. Yeah. Um, I got to, I do like the idea of an out of mount three is, is very, very nice to obviously break the tie, especially when you trust the other two guys. Like my whole thing is if I feel, because this kind of goes back to like, we don't know anything. Nobody knows anything, right? All the NFL GMs, they're going to do this draft in a couple of weeks. They don't know anything either. So, you know, you can just tell, you know, from the history of how they do, there's a, more misses than, than there are hits. So I just want to know that my partner, whether it's two partners, one partner, is putting in as much work as I am. If they're putting in the work and 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 they're trusting the same kind of sources that I trust and the same type of analytics that I'm looking at, then I have zero problem kind of um, giving them the, a take on a player or a pick or whatever. Where I struggle is if I feel like my partner or partners are kind of just along for the ride, but then they want to have you know the same amount of say as the rest of us when they're not really as invested uh, mentally or emotionally or whatever, um, and they're just kind of in it for the money. So that's kind of where I struggle um, with that part. As long as everyone's in it uh, with the same amount of effort, uh, I love that. The other thing I will say is I'm better with three than I am with two. And and I, I feel like I don't, I don't, I can't give my best when I'm with two because I feel like I want to always concede to my partner. Like if they're really adamant about something, um, I'm like, you know what? I'm in 9 million drafts. Like if this is what you want, whether I, even if I hate, like I'll, I'll push back a little bit and you and I have, have, have done a ton of these together and we'll do some more this summer. And it's kind of a, of a process where you really have to trust the person that you're working with. Um, but I give, I give a lot more than I do, um, that I, than I would normally do in like life in general. Right. Like, so, um, so I, I, I feel like I don't give my, I can't give my hundred percent best because I don't want to offend the person or upset the person. But, um, and I think it depends on who it is too. Like if it's a brand new partnership, it's different than if you've been doing it. Like the team that I, we came in top five in the main event of FPC, we've been friends for 15 years. And there was actually a point I've told the story, but before, and you've actually met these, these partners, yeah. uh, we, where we almost were buying each other's shares out during the season. Cause we were just going to blows over, um, not over picks, the draft was fine, but over, you know, what players to pick up and what players to drop. It was <laughs> ugly. It was an ugly season, but it ended up working out. Thank you, Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey. But, um, so yeah, it can be, it can be tough. It can be emotional, but I think if I trust that the partners are putting in the work that, that it's called for, that I'm fine conceding. Work is interesting. That word, you know, like the efforts. That's absolutely necessary. I agree. Like you don't want to be really stuck in a partnership with somebody that just kind of wants to ride along and isn't really grinding at it. I mean, that's what we love about it. So you want to be with people who are like you in that way. They also though, beyond that, I think for me at least sort of how you think needs to be compatible, you know, like a, a basic similarity in what are we looking for here not, not everybody is going to understand value to the same extent or agree 
on those things. So you have to have, but you have to have sort of a, an agreement, I think in, all right, so what are we looking for? What are we trying to build these kinds of things? And par part of that that can be challenging is if we're, at least for me anyway, for my taste, is if your partner is reacting too much to like what just happened or something. This is more during the season for lineups and waivers, like you said about, about your groups. Like, you know, just, hey, this tight end had two touchdowns, but he had two targets and we really don't care about that. You know, sort of the same kind of basic understanding of what works and what's uh, sticky, as they say, those kinds of things. What's good about partnerships, I mean, not just saving money and also sort of expanding a friendship, but I get different guys that way. And I think maybe that's what you said. Like, when you're working, when you and I did pros versus Joes or something last year, just take it. You want Kareem Hunt? You can have Kareem Hunt. You know, like, and, and maybe in the back of your mind is, I'm not drafting this guy in any of my stuff. I, I know I'm always avoiding, like, Jacobs is somebody that I'm still really not warm to. And I'm going to show you a board in a minute where a friend and I are drafting together and he got to Jacobs. You know what? It just take it. Let's do it. Because I know I'm getting a share of him that I wouldn't be having if it were just me on my own. So, I mean, that's good. That variety, you want to end up there. You want to end up with yeah. di different players that way. And then I think the last part, and this is an example, this Jacob's point is an example of that. It's presumably a friend and you got to be able to read each other so that you know when to give in. Like this, this is somebody I really want. Here's my argument or vice versa. And I feel like Louis G and I are really, have been really successful at that where, you know, we're, we're almost never telling each other no, but you can just see it in your, your friend's face when you know them well enough, you just know what it looks like. And he does not want this guy. And there's almost always another idea that that works. So some of this stuff is pretty self-evident, but I feel like it's good to talk about because we're talking about high stakes and the money gets bigger, it seems, every year. The $77 leagues are now $100 leagues, and up and up it goes. And, you know, like anybody, you want to sort of be in, in that game, but um, sometimes it's tough to, to afford it, especially when you're playing a lot. So it's it's good to know the rules, even with, with, with it, when it is a close friend. It's good to agree on, on terms, you know, and have an understanding for what you're trying to do before you, you know, spend. Oh, oh yeah. And, and, and you know, the fun thing about having partners too, is especially if you do slow drafts, you just have stories of like, uh, you know, from the season of like, you can go back and look at text messages and, and you can look at emails and where you were bantering over certain players and, 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 you know, good, good, good and bad stories. You're like, I, I was, I was doing a main event two years ago with two other partners. It was, it was a slow, it was a slow draft and we were on the clock and, and you were, you, you're a part of all of these somehow, but I'm waiting to make the pick and the two, the two guys are actually driving up to meet us and they just pull the trigger in the car on a player that I never would have picked. And I was going to pound the table for Cooper cup. And with that other player that we took, you know, was not Cooper cup uh, from, from, from two years ago. So they just made the pick. Uh, I think it was Miles Sanders. Oh gosh. And so uh, that's like a thing that it's funny. I'll look back, like I'll never forget it. Um, and then there's flip side stuff where, you know, you, you make the right decisions and, and so, and, and, and just cause you agree doesn't mean you're always right. Right. Like last time last year. So I didn't know, um, Andrew Schellenberg very well, goat district guy, really, really smart guy. We teamed up for a main event last year and we were on, we were on the same page with every single pick. 
uh, great time, had a, had a great banter with him. It was, I thought it was great. And we, our team stunk. It was terrible. Uh, you know, injuries and whatever, but like it, it was probably my worst main event all season. Now that's no, no knock on Andrew. He's excellent. Uh, but it's just, just because you agree doesn't mean it's going to be a good team. So it's, it's just fun to go back and look at stuff like that. I don't know if you ever read the book, Mike, I'm a big Red Sox fan. Stephen King uh, wrote a book. He's a big Red Sox fan, him and a buddy of his, they basically compiled the book of all their emails and texts going back and forth during the Red Sox world series run in 03 when they finally won it. It's just a, as a Red Sox fan, it's cool to go back and watch like from the beginning of the year, like how the season kind of broke down and developed. So it's cool when you can make a lot of money with a friend and uh, kind of go back and look at those texts and stuff. Stephen King has gotten into writing. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I believe he's, that's right. Big, that big, big podcast guy I heard. Big podcast you know, guy. 04 Red Sox. All right. Well, um, here's the board of this $125 best ball FFPC draft that my friend Mark and I are sharing a team in and we can pull that up yeah. Adam when you're ready yeah. there it is we are team two so we are up on the clock some people say oh wow OTC? and uh pardon OTC uh, if you if you prefer <laughs> um chase at 102 was because this is often how I kind of do it like what do I think is coming around the next time and when you're on the ends you can have a better feel for that based on ADP than if you're in the middle. If you're in the middle, you kind of do anything you want as long as you get to where you need to be by the end. But on the ends, you can't necessarily be as flexible. So, Brees Hall, sorry for that asterisk. That was uh, my friend bailing me out super late at night after I'd fallen asleep. Oh, wow. He made the pick from Hall in the queue. Use that queue so that uh, if you don't see each other all the time, you at least are submitting your preferences, your recommendations to your partner. And I think, you know, this tournament, this is a, a tournament where stacking, I think, is vital. We, Herbert and Keenan Allen was fairly easy. There, Mike Williams as a backup in round five. Uh, Sean Watson, we've been hoping to put him, we were hoping for Njoku, that didn't work. Uh, Elijah Moore went early in this draft. We might want to figure out a plan for Watson going forward. But Lockett is the one I want to use to talk about just for a minute because you have Smith and Jigba on the board in round seven, whose ADP is above Lockett. We talked about Brandon Ayuk as well, who ends up going around later, different positions, and really had a good conversation, my partner and I, about just sort of, are, are we done at quarterback? Maybe. So then we don't have to worry about stacking as much. Who's pretty safe? You know, all the different categories, so to speak, of what you're looking for. We ended up on Lockett over Smith and Jigba because I wanted to put one point anyway, a different rookie or two with uh, with Herbert based on how I see the draft going in a couple of weeks. So in this case, thinking that Smith and Jigba wouldn't make it to the Chargers, we'll see if I'm right. We decided to uh, take, I guess, more of a sure thing than Lockett. Never know. Just because he's a rookie doesn't mean he won't uh, be great. So communication and just a, a philosophical, uh, enough of an agreement to be able to get along with your, with your buddy as you're working. Yeah, no, I, I I like that. And and the way that you're talking about like, hey, taking my quarterbacks and then looking to grab some of these rookie receivers before the draft, like that's why we're doing these drafts now, right? Is to um to kind of, you know, get a feel for the for, for the room, for the ADP, um, and to also uh grab those grab those rookies, right? And and so an interesting way to do that is to and I know you you were doing that last year. You were putting me onto that, like, hey, 
let's take our quarterbacks based on maybe them getting some rookies and us targeting those rookies. I think you did that with the with the Packers a bunch last year uh, with Aaron Rodgers and 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 then picking some rookie receivers, hoping that they would land there and getting some cheap stacks that way. So yeah. um, I I like I like that way. Um, you know, some people might say this is, it's a little early for two quarterbacks and a non super flex, but I um, you know with Boston, sure. It is, but I get it is it is best ball too, and now it's a it, there's something to be said about kind of ignoring the position for the rest of the, the rest of the draft and being able to build those stacks and um and, and and yeah I mean I think I think that's fine. That's what my my preference is to do with this team. We're going to need tight ends, uh, running backs. You know, we're we have a long way to go at other positions. So I I see us. And I like that for me, this is a good offset to other teams I've drafted where I don't see uh, necessarily any of the rookies in the fold. And then there are the other veterans, and we'll get to this in just a minute. We start looking at the quarterback rankings, um, what kind of value they have when you feel like you might be a little light, but you're staring at Mayfield or Tannehill. And I don't know, like what, what exactly is that value? We'll dive into the rankings in just a moment. But first, here on the deep end, Mike Shope and Adam Krotwurst. A word from our sponsor. You know, people always ask me, hey, what is the, the World Series of Fantasy or the Super Bowl of Fantasy Football? And it's easy. It's the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. It's a $6 million prize pool. And they've had their never-too-early best ball leagues cranking since February. And so the FFPC is the answer to so many questions. Hey, hey, where's the best place to get a dynasty orphan? Well, you can adopt a dynasty orphan at the FFPC. That's why we partner with them. If you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, seasonal, best ball, dynasty, go to the FFPC. And don't forget, promo code UNDERWORLD to get you $25 off your first team. $25 off your first team, no matter what team it is, no matter what format it is, at the FFPC. Go do it. Mike and Adam, back in the deep end. Speaking of the FFPC, I purchased, uh, as they call it, an orphan dynasty team today. Ooh. Yeah. What do you think? Well, you know, what do you look for? Um, the prices are all over the place based on FFPC's assessment of what the assets look like. And this is the second or third one of these I've done this year. Like, if I see... Three or four, two are very similar, by the way. Two of these teams I picked up are very similar. Uh, three or four young assets that I like. And those teams are often out of the first round, but they're two or three picks in the second and or third rounds. I'll take a shot at that. And I want to see, I haven't been really successful this offseason at remaking some of my dynasty rosters, but I, I like to try. And so um, enough assets to make it worthwhile, enough of a discount to, uh, and you know, you go from there. So there it is today. We have a, a new team in the family. <laughs> do you ever, when you look for orphans, do you ever go in looking for this, like a specific player? Not exactly, but I know when I see a team that has a couple that I'm going to, you know, take a harder look, you don't know, unless there's some other way of finding out that I don't know, I can't think of, you don't know who else is in the league. And that's kind of a fun moment where yeah. you pay for the team and then you get to see who else is in the league. You know, you're sort of going to class for the first day and you can see who else is in your class, you know, That's something right. like that. 
So um, this one today didn't happen to be any familiar names, but uh, so be it. One guy offered me six trades in an hour. Wow. Within the first hour of joining the league very early this morning. That's aggressive. Was his name Louis G? Is that who it was or no? Uh, oddly, no. <laughs> Surprisingly, no. But very aggressive uh, player right away. Careful out there. Don't, don't uh, you know, make the wrong impression. Yes. Right, that's right. Don't be we, too we, like that you, we like that you're eager, you know. We like the chase. We like the chase over here. Yeah, you know, just, oh, He's Okay. He's in print. <laughs> He's hoping to be. Sometimes okay. that goes that goes awry. All right. <laughs> Available here, I've got it. If you want to put it up on the screen, Adam, is the FFPC rankings at quarterback from player profiler. So you're going to have on this board the points per game and then projected for 2023. But in that third column on the right, these won't be in that order. They're not according to the rankings necessarily. The uh, ADP at FFPC, the best ball draft we just talked about and others like it. So you see, in this case, Lamar Jackson is fourth in the rankings. I have to admit, I don't know if they just adjusted these based on the Beckham signing. They may have, but he is not quarterback for in those drafts, you're talking about, what does that say? 69.1, so 6.9 is what that is, almost the seventh round. Um, the big question, I think, quarterback draft strategy. Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. We can stop there. You can throw in one or two other guys if you want. How important is it for you, Adam, this year and in other years? Like, how does it, how has it changed if it has to get, one of those quarterbacks, you know, basically in any format, in Superflex, you're at the mercy of your draft position. But say in these best ball drafts or upcoming main event, are you shopping for Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, that class of player? You know, I'm usually not, and I, I don't think that's changed much this year. But again, from from Superflex and 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 you know, regular one one quarterback leagues, that does change a lot. So like if 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 I'm in a Superflex and we can show some drafts here coming up if you want in a couple minutes here. Um, that you know, you know, getting one of those top guys and doesn't even have to be like a specific one, like any one of the top, you know, have you can have your have your own tier. Um, for me, it probably ends at like the Joe Burrow, you know, QB seven ish. Uh, there's probably like six or seven quarterbacks that I, I would take as my QB one in a super flex that I feel comfortable with, you know, and so. I think in a super flex, there's a much different strategy involved than a, than a single quarterback league. A single quarterback league, I'm still okay with waiting. I feel like the success of a lot of the um, high stakes, you know, leagues or the high stakes events is finding those quarterbacks you can get in the later rounds, rounds nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Think back to uh, you know the year that I was top five. It was Lamar Jackson carried us in you know ninth, tenth, eleventh round, wherever we took him in there. Uh, it's Josh Allen, those that that first or second year in that range. It's Patrick Mahomes in that in that range. Jalen Hurts a little bit. Uh, he was going a little bit higher than that last year, but it's that type of 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 kind of quarterback I'm looking for, kind of a dual threat guy that I can get um, like as as QB, you know, 10, 11, 12. It was Trey Lance, right? Is who guy we were we were looking at in that kind of that same range. So. That's kind of what I'm looking to do in a single quarterback league is find that guy. But it might change a little bit this year because quarterbacks are being drafted higher, right? We've got, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are going. They're kind of interchangeable at the one at the at the two. 
uh, Allen's Allen and Hertz and Mahomes, Allen Hertz and Mahomes, all three of them have kind of been. Uh, you can see any one of them going as a one-on-one for quarterbacks, depending on how you want to stack them and stuff like that. So um, that that pushes everybody up. So maybe that tenth-round quarterback that you were taking last year, or the year before, or the year before that, you might have to push them up to the eighth round. Um, so that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. The interesting thing, though, too, that you'll find in a single quarterback league is the safety of taking that 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 stud quarterback early in it in the sense that like stud quarterbacks generally don't bust outside of injury um and just having a safety of like that third or fourth round pick that you might hit you might you might miss you take Ant like Allen Mahomes Hurts you know those guys aren't gonna bust outside of injury right like the talent around them's too good in the in the Hurts case the rushing upside of Allen uh, Mahomes is an all-time great. Those guys aren't going to bust. Uh, whereas, you know, you get to that three-four turn for running backs, tight ends, receivers. There's a plethora of things that can happen. Injuries to them, injuries to the quarterback on their team can severely affect them. You know, new offensive coordinators, all types of stuff. So the bust rate is much higher at the other skill positions than it is the, the quarterback. So there is something to be said about taking in a single quarterback league, taking that quarterback a little bit earlier. But I think I'm going to p- still try to push the limit on that this year um, and, you know, maybe get a Deshaun Watson later. I still want that dual threat guy. Kyler Murray may be a guy that I take, that Ooh. I you know, push the envelope on and look forward to that fantasy playoff um, where if he can come back. I, I, but for him in particular, I want to see what they do uh, in the draft. While you're riffing on some of these guys kind of in that range or a little above, what, what are your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I love Trevor Lawrence. I was super high on him last year. I think uh, a lot of people were. They just wanted to see, right? We wanted to kind of give him that rookie season off because the coach was such a disaster in that offense. Man, they're adding a ton of weapons there. Um, I love Trevor Lawrence. Again, he didn't even run as much as he could have last year. He's got still has more rushing upside. So there's another good example of a guy that's got a little bit of that sneaky rushing upside there that absolutely, like, I feel comfortable with him. I like him over over Dak, over Russ, uh, over Deshaun Watson, although they did just um, obviously add another receiver there. But, um, but yeah, I, I like him. I just think he's safer than Deshaun. Deshaun was so bad last year. Like, just wasn't good. Um, could say it was Russ fine. I'm sure I'll have some shares of Deshaun Watson, but I do like Trevor Lawrence as, as, the, as the QB8. Interesting. It's only touchdowns, but he did tie for the team lead in rushing touchdowns with Travis Etienne last year maybe the sky's the limit for the passing game and receivers are good enough i like lawrence too you know i was listening to first class fantasy billy and theo as i know we all were yeah and and they did a draft just like the one i just showed and they got a question about this about you know when want to want to dive in for the the early quarterbacks and i think it was billy apologies if it was theo i think it was billy who took the question first and he said you know it's not paraphrasing it's not my favorite thing to do but if you got to make sure you get some shares of those guys you know Mahomes Allen Hurts you want to have teams somewhere with those players on them and I thought that was uh, a key point you know it's a little bit like the earlier conversation about having a partner is sometimes it's not perfect for how you're feeling, but you've got to figure out a way to Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts 
in portfolios like a lot of us are carrying. So go for it. And sometimes that 2v2 with a receiver or running back in a later round is not going to pay off. In a redraft league, I'm even more up for that this year because of waivers. Because, you know, again, your point about how often they bust and just how safe those guys are. I guess Justin Fields is a little bit less safe, but still the high rushing floor. You mentioned other guys, Watson, Daniel Jones. You want a quarterback in the 10th round? Maybe it's Daniel Jones. He certainly runs. We had Cody Carpentier on the show two weeks ago saying that if Anthony Richardson starts in the league, he'll rush for 1,200 yards, like just matter-of-factly. So one or two more guys every year is still hopeful on Lance, but you can't just make it hard, hard and fast rule not to pick a quarterback in round two sometimes. Plus in these best ball drafts, of course, Adam, stacking is, is prevalent. Kelsey teams want Mahomes. Diggs teams want Allen. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith or even Goddard for Hertz. Fields is tougher uh, where you have to backdoor a little bit. Burrow is easy. So I feel like the, the equation's a little different in best ball for those guys because of that. Yeah. And I also, excuse me, I also feel too that like I'm so like kind of old school in the sense where I like to wait on on, on quarterbacks. So I just go do super flex because then you have no choice, right? Like you have to take the quarterbacks really. And that's where you can kind of get your get your shares of these guys. Now, if you play, if you do a, a high volume of drafts and you do a like a high stakes portfolio, like there's really not many super high stakes um, super flex leagues. So you're really not going to be able to get big money in on these super flex leagues. Now you can do the high volume and you can max out these tournaments and stuff, which is what a lot of guys are doing, um, especially for best ball. But, but yeah, it, when, when it gets to like the big money drafts at the end of August, early September in Vegas, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for me to pull the trigger uh, on these guys in the second round um, as much. I mean, listen, I, no one's a bigger Josh Allen fan than I am, but, I just feel like um, I just feel like there's some values to be had there at the quarterback position uh, later on. In the middle, it's interesting. There are some questions. It feels a little bit last year didn't really work out for guys like Russell Wilson, um, for one, even Kyler Murray, right? Like he eventually got hurt, but still a very bumpy year. Yeah. Tua worked out when he was on the field. But, you know, just there were some Lance, of course, some players in that range, Brady, where we felt pretty good in this, like, sort of the argument you just laid out, I'm fine drafting those quarterbacks, whatever it was, seven through 14, but there were a lot of tough ones in that range. Wilson, I mean, maybe there's a bounce back. Rogers probably on a new team. Murray, who knows when he plays. I feel like the vibe is, is sort of the other way around. Even Prescott, although Prescott has weapons, and just the new offensive coordinator never really sounds like Dallas gets it, but still high upside there. So you, you sort of know what I mean, that yep. this year in that mid-tier, last year I think we were all sort of excited, man, all the time in the underdog drafts, all the time with with those players and, and their stacks, you know, sort of more subtle. Uh, this year, though, it seems like every one of those guys, there's a little bit of a question mark. Yeah, and again, a lot, you know, I'm, I haven't gotten heavy. I feel like ashamed that I have to say I haven't been heavy into drafting yet in early April. Wow. But that's because I, I know I don't listen. I've been doing them. <laughs> I've been doing them. But you know, a lot's going to change for me when it comes to, to, to the quarterbacks. I mean, guys are going to 
teams are going to draft players, right? I mean, we just had, we just said, you know, Beckham go to Lamar Jackson, hopefully in Baltimore, right? You know, that changes things. You've got teams going to be drafting first round receivers, second round receivers, you know, stuff, stuff like that. So, I mean, that's going to, that's going to affect kind of where the guys kind of rank out the schedule. And I don't mean to be like, oh, you know, we kind of know who the teams are going to play is, but we're looking at like, we were trying to win the money at the end of the year, right? Who's going to have that cake schedule that, not cake necessarily, but like a high flying shootout schedule at the end of the year, like that's going to affect kind of what quarterbacks I rank, I rank where, because, you know, in most of the leagues I'm playing in, there's these big prizes at, at, at the end where I want my quarterback hot weeks, you know, 15, 16, 17. So the schedule to me uh, has an effect on that. So uh, a lot's going to happen in the next, in the next month. Uh, I'm super excited about, about, about that. And so that'll, that'll definitely affect my, my rankings. On the deep end, Mike Shope with Adam Krautwurst talking about quarterback rankings. We've touched on most of the guys in the top half. Do you want to keep going or do you want to show an example? And I have one, too, of a super flex underdog draft where it just did not fall right. Yeah, let me show one that I uh, recently did. Because, uh, again, these these rankings are going are, are gonna to change. So, um, so, yeah, here's one that I just did recently. Let me change this here um, where I'm like, you know what? Let me, let me go punt. Let me go punt quarterback here and see what it, what, what it looks like. And it wasn't great, great at all. So I, I had the seventh pick in this underdog super flex best ball. Um, Justin Jefferson, you know, I went six straight quarterbacks. So it's not like I wasn't going into this draft planning on it, but then once six straight quarterbacks go, I, I could have gone Lamar. I would have been fine with it, but let me, let me see how this looks. Justin Jefferson come back around for the people who are listening not watching. Uh, Justin Jefferson came back, went Cooper Cup, and then came back around and went Devontae Adams. And a lot of times when I do stuff like this, and I know I kind of learned this from Chad Chad Schroeder, um, one of the greatest high-stakes players of all time who doesn't draft until August, he kind of lets the ADP get set, and then he goes in there and just snaps up value. And I did a lot of that with, with my players. Now, I can't tell you what the exact underdog ADP is for these guys, but a lot of them, I was just taking the player that fell seven, eight, nine picks past ADP. Um, and, it, and I'll tell you, it was never a quarterback, right? So I just keep t- taking that value. Cup wasn't eight picks past ADP, but he was value. Adams fell. I went Josh Jacobs, he fell. And then eventually you just have to take a quarterback, right? Especially in Superflex. And I went J- Jordan Love. And listen, I hate this draft. Like I'm, I, I use this as an example of kind of like, I wanted to see what it looked like for $10. Let me take a peek. Yeah. Now you can start three receivers and underdog. So Jefferson Cup Adams is sweet. Um, Jordan Love, I wasn't going to go in with another receiver early, but Christian Watson, uh, Jordan Love combo there most most likely. So I went with that stack. But um, my quarterbacks ended up, ended up, making a long story short, Jordan Love, Desmond Ritter, Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield. Like, you know, it's ugly. And it's not what I want my super flex rosters to look like. Now, especially so, and to kind of, I'll let you chime in in one second here. I just want to say, if I'm going to do something where I'm where I'm punting a position, my other positions need to be super strong. Now, you usually don't want to punt quarterback in a super flex, but if you do, you better have elite receivers, elite running backs, and elite tight ends. I don't have – I have elite receivers, I think. Jefferson, Cup, Adams, Christian Watson with the stack. But my running backs are, you know, Josh Jacobs – uh, Javante Williams, Khalil Herbert, fine, but not, you know, nothing that I'm super excited about, you know, and then I ended up punting, punting tight end too, you know, Jawan Johnson, Mike Gusecki. So it just didn't end up working out. And it's a nice kind of test to see 
you know, and I could do this all again and have the board fall differently and like my draft maybe a little bit more, but I think punting quarterback is the wrong thing to do, believe it or not, in these super flex drafts. It is hard though, if you're whatever you said your draft position was, I'm gonna I can top the quarterback room or bottom the room you just laid out. You said love, Ritter, Mac Jones, and Mayfield, right? I'm I'm gonna show you yeah. probably worse if you want to put my mine up. Um when it starts, you're, I was drafting eighth here, and when it starts, six quarterbacks, I just can't do it. You know, like it's just Jefferson. I think what happened in this one, I'm teammate, and I might have just done one where I picked Jefferson and just felt like I wanted to try A.J. Brown. And it just – it's sort of similar to what you just said, only different receivers and maybe a worse quarterback room. I'm going to scroll down. You, you got me, right? <laughs> it's just – you, drafting in the middle, I was boasting about the flexibility that you have, but you, you know you can get caught when you're on the end. You know you're not going to have another chance for a while to get a quarterback, so you just do it and you pay that little price in terms of ADP. Here, AJ Brown, Stephon Diggs, Garrett Wilson. Fine, I'm gonna maybe I'll get Rodgers or maybe I. Yep, I was hoping for him on the fourth fourth round turn. That does not happen. Reese Hall, okay. Andrews, Hawkinson was value. Now I'm I'm out on the ocean on a, on a raft. Like, <laughs> every look at Richardson go in the middle of six after Pickett. Garoppolo is already gone. Seven. I'm like, there's no quarterback here that works. I'm still empty. Jameer Gibbs, Ritter, okay. I got to have somebody, right? I got to have at least one. Ritter, and then all the way down to Sam Howell in eleven. This is the deep end, by the way. We're both telling you horror stories. Andy Dalton <laughs> in 15. I tried to get a stack going in case Dalton plays for Carolina. Um, he probably doesn't play much, if at all, maybe a few games. And then down to Hendon Hooker. That's right. Yes. In round 18. So four quarterbacks. I probably don't have enough. This is one of those drafts for me. Yeah, exactly. And this is the type of stuff that, like, if you want to be – um, you know, to kind of work on your game, right? To be successful, you know, this is the way to, hey, you know, will this work? Now, this was only one draft. And again, um, if you're doing, if you're doing underdogs, you're doing a ton of them, right? So you can kind of mess with it here and there and kind of test it out. But that's kind of a way to really see like, does, is this, does this work? Is this, can I build a, a super team? And, and that time it did, didn't work. If you're doing, if you're max entering, you should certainly mix in some punt quarterback builds. Um, and try to do a little bit better than that, but or, or than you and I both both did. But it also just depends on the draft room too. Like a lot of times, you know, a lot of people will go in with their preset, like, oh, I'm going to punt quarterback, and then all of a sudden, you know, the quarterbacks are falling, and and some drafts they're getting snapped up. So I think you need to be practicing, working on your game, um, and then um, you know after the draft, all these ADPs are going to flip anyways once these quarterbacks get weapons and lose weapons and all that, all that type of stuff. I think one thing that happened to me in that draft is that there's rookie fever and you have now the growing expectation that as many, the four quarterbacks could go as early as the top four picks. This is something that I've had my mind on for a few weeks yeah. with a trade for number three. Now there's more discussion about that and Indianapolis taking who they get if they don't make a move of their own at four. And so suddenly Richardson and Levis, not so suddenly in terms of Richardson, but those two guys have really moved up. In earlier tournament drafts, Richardson 
was around the last round for me. I like the idea because of the athletic profile. And now it's several rounds uh, earlier. Do you have a feeling in general about the rookies or is there maybe instead one particular outcome you're hoping for? What's maybe a thought you have on rookie quarterback draft strategy? Yeah. I mean, I, I've kind of given up a trying to figure out who's going to take who. Um, that that's kind of the, the major part, right? Is you can spend so much time, like, you know, trying to figure. If that was my job, then I would probably spend more time trying to figure out who's trying to draft who. But nobody knows. I mean, it's it's just tough. So I think you can go in and doing kind of what you were doing, like, hey, if this team takes this quarterback, well, let's let's stack him with these receivers and kind of mix and match it. It's a lot easier to do in a ten dollar draft right right now. You know, maybe than a than a than a higher stakes one, but but I don't. Um, to me, I just want the 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 dual threat quarterbacks, which a lot of the guys are these nowadays. Any, anyways, to land in a spot where the where the O coordinator and the quarter and the coach are going to let them do what they do. You know, we we're talking about like, um, you know, rookie quarterbacks running for twelve hundred yards. Cam Newton's rookie year, he was had a great f- fantasy year. I mean, he he ran for a ton of touchdowns. You know, a ton a ton of yards. Man, you if you're going to rush for 900 yards and 8 to 10 scores as a quarterback, you're going to be a top 12 fantasy quarterback. So a lot of that stuff's exciting. Got to land in the spot where they're going to start right away, you know, to, to be able to get that type of production. So um, you, I think you've been thinking about this a little bit more than I have, which is, which is why you've been able to lock into a lot of these, like, ideas of stacks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas as soon as the draft happens for me, that's when I'm going to, once I see it, I'm going to dive in and really, really attack it. Well, if you were playing the market, Stroud to Carolina was the betting favorite until a couple of days ago when Bryce Young moved back up after Chris Mortensen's comments. So some of that work might have been for naught if you took too literally the idea that that uh, was where we were headed. It could still be that way, but we don't know for sure. Uh, Last thing on the quarterbacks for me, and if you want to put the – player profiler rankings back up of course you can i have them down in the 20s here the likes of garoppolo mayfield still not to ryan Tannehill on this list mac jones you know to varying degrees probable starters mayfield could play all year garoppolo depending on what those teams do i guess kenny pickett but for me there's a little bit more upside with him how much value is there in these drafts for you where you have two, and now you're at the point where this is what's left. I mean, is it worth it? I know there's data on this that's really interesting. Uh, Your feeling is what? Do you want, you feel like you have to have one of these third guys? Uh, Better to take a chance maybe on a a rookie athlete or even maybe a handcuff than somebody in this caliber? How do you see it? Yeah, that's where kind of projecting – who's going to get drafted, where can be helpful. Like, especially now before the NFL draft, you know, like Baker Mayfield is just, you know, he's just, he might even win, win the job, right? Like he might, might not even be the starter. So I, there's no way I'm taking Mayfield now. Garoppolo, I think is going to be the starter there. Howell, who knows? They they could draft somebody. So a guy like Howell and, and Howell might be hor- horrific too as well. Anthony Richardson, I love the idea of, of him. If you're, if you're going to take a third, um, you know, str- yeah, and I got these a lot of these rookie quarterbacks that are going to be drafted first, second, third. It's the day and age where these guys are starting right away, right? So I trust that those guys are are, are going to start. 
the Bryce Youngs, the C.J. Stroud. You know, I like C.J. Stroud as as the best quarterback in this class, so he's a guy that I trust no matter where he lands. Uh, he'll, he'll be the starter, uh, dual threat as, as well. So, uh, so, yeah, I think it's okay to take a third quarterback here, but it's got to be the right the right kind of quarterback, a guy that either you know is pretty much going to be the starter, like a Garoppolo, um, or a guy that, uh, has massive upside, like a, like an Anthony Richardson or a C.J. Stroud with his dual threat. The problem with those veterans is, especially on underdog, where you so need the big scores later on. Like if you have a team with Justin Herbert and Jordan Love or some sort of combination of Tier 1, Tier 2, what do you need Garoppolo for? Maybe a better example than Love would be like Tua, somebody like that. I mean, then I need, I want to have a third quarterback. Who should it be? I want to sort of be different and I want to think about the playoff weeks. And if a team like the Raiders or the Bucks or the Titans is bad, there's no way those veterans are on the field. I mean, probably Mayfield played out the string for the Rams last year, but you know, there is where I want to look. I want to get really creative. Um, However that might manifest, that could be a rookie that could be probably out of handcuff, but just, Somebody that makes me different that isn't one of these guys that shouldn't be on the field for teams with only four or five wins in December. And all those teams are tracking that way. Maybe maybe least of all Tennessee, but I think the Raiders are. I think Tampa definitely is. By the way, I just keep having the same hunch that Tampa drafts Bijan Robinson. Oh wow. Just a random, I, just a random Bijan thought. I don't have a good argument, except that they, you know, are what are they right now running back? The Rashad White. But I'm work, I'm still working on the argument. I just keep feeling Tampa for Robinson. It's 18 or 19 in the first round, and I don't know. Are are they sharp for you? Are the are the Buccaneers a sharp team for you? Um, I I don't know. I mean, they have a lot of talent there, but you know, Godwin, Mike Evans, you know, yep. Hall of Famer Mike Evans. I just they had a lot of injuries last year with the offensive line too. Stuff that, you know, they had was it Ellie Marpet, all pro, retired, and like they just couldn't, you know, they couldn't catch a break last year. So I don't know if they're super sharp or not. But if Bijan goes there, I love him. I mean, that offense could be, you know, really, really good if they can get some offensive line help. Um, Senior Football asks Mike, which round would you adjust uh, in hindsight for your first quarterback? It's probably in reference back to your other draft. Um, and maybe just just in general, if you were if you were going to punt, still, I'll uh, get it. Would, would you have gone earlier? <laughs> I'll get it. I'll get it. I, I want to answer this. He wants to answer it live. It's a good. It. It's a good question. I want to answer this. You can see it now. Yep. Let's see. Well, round one, maybe round one. Actually, I want to consider <laughs> round one as my answer <laughs> because I know how the rest of the draft went. Right. And I could have had Jackson or Lawrence there, and probably should have done that, but. Just it feels gross to pick the seventh quarterback in eight picks. I know. know. So I think that would probably be it. It wouldn't be two for one of the guys on the left when I picked Diggs. It wouldn't be three for Rodgers or Lance or Derek Carr. Uh, Brees Hall and four over – I like Love. Maybe I would have done that, but I don't have a running back yet. And then by six, I'm just stuck. Like I – uh, the second tight end, I thought, made me different. And now I'm talking about what? Adjusting for Jimmy Garoppolo or Des- – yeah, yeah, it would have to be – round one, I, I hope that's not a cop-out answer. I feel like that's the right answer. 
Yeah, no, listen, it's super flexible. It's not a cop, a cop out answer. And the interesting thing too, is, you know, with the, with the, with the, with the quarterback, like you said, that, well, I don't want to take the seventh quarterback off the board, you know, unless it's a guy that you think like a, look at Lamar Jackson, I think you could see, but, but you know, it's just, I'd rather take, give me Justin Jefferson or whatever. Let's say you want to do Christian McCaffrey or something and get the number one running back that you think, but um, eventually you got to bite the bullet and go, man, I got to take a quarterback that I don't like as much as this other skill guy. And, and you're talking about taking your first quarterback in Superflex. You got to take like, that's just the first one. <laughs> that's right. the beginning. You need like two more, especially if you're going to wait that, that long. So that's, that's a good, that's a good question. And I felt myself uh, think, thinking the same thing was, man, if I could go back, I wouldn't say, Oh, I should have taken, you know, cousins in the second, you know, it's like, no, I should have taken Lamar in the first and uh, called it a day. I heard you mention Rogers since this is a quarterback show. Or, I mean, I think we're all assuming Rogers to the jets. I kind of like Rogers to the jets with all the weapons that, that they have. They're a super bowl contender with Rogers there. My only fear and this is nothing like analytical or anything like that is that it's a, it's a Russell Wilson type, like how the hell did that happen type situation where all the weapons galore and it just fell apart before it even started. What do you think of Rogers? Nate Hackett is a common uh, factor. That's right. right. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, Rogers has had such an amazing career and it was, it is true that after he was, pretty much written off he had two mvp years yeah the way people clap back at you if you talked about his being in decline it doesn't make you wrong like he there was evidence that he was this happened with brady too and then there was a resurgence and there are lots of reasons why that can happen it can happen physically or just surrounding cast different things so it's it's risky to to slide him i just last year was really made me angry for, for them because there was this constant thread of how he was not available to teammates, you know, able to work together with some of the Watson and Dobbs, you had rookies there, this apparent reliance on the Randall Cobbs of the world and guys like that. I mean, the rookie, like Dobbs was talking about how he didn't even really know Rogers and Rogers would complain, but he was never there. I think about that golf match where Josh Allen made a crack about no wonder Rogers is no wonder you're so good at golf. You don't go to practice. Like <laughs> at the same time, there were there was complaining about the lack of chemistry on the team, but also seemed like just I'm he wasn't there. So now you've got a new team with all new players and he's not there yet. And everybody is talking like he's gonna be, but where is like this is where Brady deserved the credit he got. Like, where is the grind? Where is the where, the work? You know, um, that's not an easy criticism from me because I'm not wired like those guys who are just such hard workers. But I feel like there is a a, a gap there with Rodgers, and that last year at Bidham, he was just not coordinated with his with his teammates, and I think he was to blame for that. So if that's going to be my point, my argument. It's tough right now to, for me to think that he'll just walk into the, a new organization and light it up at another another year older, thirty nine. Um, so I'm not out all the way on Rogers, but I'm not too excited about him. Yeah, um, I'd like to see I mean, he, if he shows up right after the whatever mini camp, whatever, and says, "Hey, listen, I got new teammates, new organization. You know, 
New New, New Jersey. Uh, I got to show up <laughs> and uh, and and prove that you know I'm the guy that they that, that they traded for. But like like you said, I mean, back to back MVP seasons. Listen, if you ever feel like you're going into in, in decline, what does that say? That's mushrooms and darkness retreats. That's what that's what you got to start start doing. The thing is. I got three kids. Darkness retreat. I can't. My wife would be like, you're going where? On a darkness retreat. Get back to work. Okay. Sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) Well, has anybody ever gone to the Jets to win? Like, I'll go to the Jets. They'll they'll pay me. They'll pay me. I'll play. It'll count. But your legacy really isn't too much on the line. If you win there, you're a god. But it's not like anybody ever does. They, they have some nice players, but they're not a complete team. Like, I just, I don't know. I have, I've, this could, this could be, I'm really thinking about it. This could be one where you have regrets for not uh, jumping in. I don't want to, I do want to be afraid of it, but I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not your guy that's going to tell you that I'm eager to get Aaron Rodgers. I feel like that could be a pullout quote on a future player profile or tweet. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a thought on, um, before you go, like, before we go, Beckham and Jackson, like you've alluded to it a couple times, you feel like that all but locks in Jackson in Baltimore or not quite? I think, like I get why why Beckham did it, I guess, but like Lamar, like Lamar's supposed to look at this 30-year-old receiver that's never, ever healthy and be like, yeah, I'm going to stick around now for five, six more years. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think it'll be fun. Like, like if they can lock in for another year, great. Uh, and if that's the case, absolutely. I mean, you know, every time Mike and I make a big trade, I don't know if everyone knows, every time Mike and I make a big trade, we get on FaceTime all the time and take pictures of each other, each other, just like those <laughs> two did, those lovebirds. So it's good to, it's good to see the positivity that it seems like it's, it, it's having. Cause, um, but I, I think they have some more work to do um, as far as building kind of the trust back up there with, with Lamar, but man, Mandrews, you know, we're talking about o- o- Odell Beckham, you know, Bateman. They could they could be a problem if they can get their head on straight there. I have, I think, three tournament teams at FFPC with Jackson and Beckham coupled, which was a little bit random, but also awesome. like Beckham is going to play and, you know, you don't know where he's going. You don't know where Jackson's going. Uh, maybe they end up with each other. So not that having Jackson on those teams was a huge factor in drafting Beckham. I liked drafting Beckham. He was more than a year removed from the injury and, you know, he's going to play for somebody, probably a good team or else he wouldn't sign. Like, I think that was pretty good value in round 15 or 16, whatever it was, Uh, probably not anymore. All right. Well, we're about done for tonight here on the deep end, Mike and Adam, you can reach us by, Tweeting at DeepNFF1, at ShopeTalk, S-C-H-O-P-P-T-A-L-K, at Adam underscore Krautwurst, K-R-A-U-T-W-U-R-S-T. Adam, any final thoughts? No, that's it. I, I just can't wait for the NFL draft. I'm, I'm excited. That's kind of the kickoff for the fantasy season to me. So we're, we're almost yep. there. I think next week we're hoping to have Joe Ostrowski on from BetQL oh. to talk draft props and be able to maybe analyze what he knows and from reading the market every day, he's a, he's a super guest and a real expert on it. And then translate that into fantasy. What kind of uh, what's actionable from what the betting market looks like. So 
Hopefully Joe can join us after his little league baseball practice next <laughs> week and we can hash this out. Joe's 12. So Joe's he's got 12, little league, right? baseball. He's got little league baseball. They yeah. keep getting younger and younger. <laughs> he's 12, but he knows a lot. <laughs> All right. Hope to uh, get some feedback from anybody who watched or listened and um, enjoyed the content tonight. We'll be back next week, 9 Eastern, here in the deep end. Thanks for watching and listening. See you guys. Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.